This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, friends and warriors, and welcome to the podcast. This is Tracy Eddy, and I have Fran Yeager in Nashville, Tennessee. Hi, Fran. Hey, Tracy. How are you? <laughs> Sorry for the awkward pause. <laughs> Where is she? I was, She's in, I was, that's right, Tennessee. I was going to say, um, you're joining us on a Catholic Click episode, but then I thought I should yes! say hi to you first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's good manners. It's good Southern manners. I'm trying. I know. Sometimes I lose my way. Out in the West. <laughs> now you're in the Wild West. Anything goes. It, well, it's kind of right sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I feel that way. Just kidding. Um, how are you Just doing? kidding, Westerners. We don't really think that about you. I love the West. <laughs> it is my home. It's cool here. What's the weather like in Tennessee? Oh, it's lovely today. It's been, it's been rainy the last couple of days. Um, but now it's just lovely. It's sunny and it's like in the sixties, lows in the forties. This this is Perfect. my jam. Perfect. My run this morning was so fast. Did you run outside? Oh yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a when minute. You're running? We we haven't talked about this. It's a very strong well, here's the deal. I do the 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 run walk thing where, you know, to get your heart rate up and then walk for a little bit and then run for a little bit. So I don't want to say walk because it doesn't give me full cred for what I did. <laughs> and yet I didn't run the whole time. <laughs> That's the high intensity workouts. Do you say yes, a rosary? Yeah. I didn't this morning. I actually so this is all right. Can you do the intro? This is a Catholic click podcast. We will be talking about things. <laughs> What she said. (laughs) (laughs) That you can access on the internet. And I'm saying that because it totally is applicable to what we're talking about. So last week we had Jimmy Mitchell on from Love Good. This week they came out with their uh, Fireside mixtape that you can download for free. And um, at the beginning of it, so they started a new season of podcasting for Love Good, which is good. I follow them, listen to the podcast. We talked about all that last week. But there's a guy on the podcast, but he's also on the mixtape named Nick Fabian, I believe he is. And he's got a song right at the beginning of the podcast that, I mean, the tempo was on point for running. Like It made me go so fast. Fast and I loved it and and so anyway just look up Nick Fabian I'm gonna see if I can figure out what the name of that song was while we're talking and um, I'll just like blurt it out and we'll know that that's what it was <laughs> and for those subscribing to our Spotify channel we'll be adding all these fabulous tunes and artists to our Spotify yes but I don't think that some of these are available on Spotify I think they're keeping them close uh, to the close to the chest which is you know that's smart they're the right that's smart it's their right it's smart I will say that um and I did not say this on the podcast because we kind of ran out of time we were just on such a roll with Jimmy but I did want to say last week um how much anytime I see him post some new cool artist or great artist I promptly go to um Spotify, look them up, and then I add their yeah. song. So they really, our Spotify channel is is a is a lot of love good artists. Yeah, we're we're keeping up with the Joneses. That's right, because <laughs> we know we know they're doing something good. 
They are. You know, I didn't say this as well. Like, I don't want to like rehash what we talked about last week, but I meant to say this, like listening to his recommendations or their recommendations as a group, because I mean, that it, it, he's leading it, but I mean, it's a team of people who mm-hmm. are working together, creating the music and all of those things. Um, he's kind of like a little brother. You know, I always depended on my youngest siblings, especially the youngest two, maybe the youngest three. I'll I'll add John into that. So like Jonathan and Jared and Jacob, they knew what the cool music was. Yeah. And so I loved when I was especially like out of college, not, you know, in obviously the music scene at that point. I mean, I was at that point raising babies and not <laughs> listening to anything but like Raffy. <laughs> Um, but like they kind of introduced me to artists that I wouldn't have known otherwise, you know, and, and then as soon as that artist became famous, they moved on to someone else. I mean, I guess they were like the quintessential hipsters at that point, but I kind of feel like that's kind of what Jimmy Mitchell does. He kind of introduces you to up and coming people who are quality, obviously quality. quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I liked that. Yeah. Okay. The song by this guy named, named, uh, Nick Fabian is how do you do that? It is so fun. It's such a fun song. It'll make you run fast. How do you do that? We'll put pep in your step. Yeah. (laughs) Well, today we're doing a Catholic Click podcast. So we have come to you with our list, our wish list of Catholic Clicks. And um, we were talking, I don't know what Fran has on her list and she doesn't know what I have on my list. So this is going to be interesting. You want to go first? You got a click? So intriguing. Mysterious. Um, I think I already did. Didn't I just do, how do you do that? Oh, oh, is that one of yours? Okay. Well, yeah, now it is. So. I'll take, I'll take the next one. <laughs> okay. So keeping it on the entertainment factor, do you remember seeing on Facebook, um, years ago I saw it. It was a, it was an older lady who she had like white, white hair and I think had a, um, a black headband in her head and she had passed away, but she was known for saving like 2,500 Jewish children. From that's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, awesome. Yes. How cool is that? So they're making a movie about yeah. her life. She was a Catholic woman who yeah. used her her credibility and used her credentials because she was also a nurse to sneak children out through ambulances, like through some sewer pipes into like the maybe the civic building. Um, I think a wheelbarrow. Her name, her name is Irene Sindler. Sindler, yes. And yeah. um, she, there's a website kind of dedicated to her, irenasindler.org, which we'll put in our show notes. But I never knew that she was a, a Catholic woman um, in Warsaw in Poland. And she, she helped kind of get these children out. And I guess what she did was she would pair them up with Christian homes. But part of that pairing was a commitment to make sure the children get back to a surviving relative, um, you know, of Jewish heritage, um, after, after the war, because I think all the parents ended up being, you know, killed in the, in the, um, you know, concentration camps and everything, but they're making a movie about her and Gal Gadot. Did I say that right? I think it's Godot. Oh, Gal Gadot. (laughs) So in my house, we definitely call say Gadot, but Gal Gadot, who played Wonder Woman in 2017, is set to um, play her. And the the picture of Irina when she was young and Uh um, Gal, they're very similar. They do really look um, very similar. I mean, the the Uh the appearance is uncanny. And how beautiful is she? (sighs) Gorgeous. I mean, gorgeous. Because when you see this little old grandmother figure. 
mm-hmm. on the Facebook kind of threads um, that winter. And every once in a while, I see it again. You know, it kind of goes yeah, around. Yeah, it, it cycles. Yeah. It totally does. You see, you just kind of imagine an older lady um, of Eastern European heritage, yeah. but she was a beautiful woman who strikingly strikingly yeah. gorgeous who really used her um intelligence and her wit mm-hmm. and her um you know her her credibility like I said earlier um to to save all these children and she could have been killed at any point and she was eventually captured sentenced to execution yes. but the the prison guards were bribed mm-hmm. to release her yeah. and, she, and yeah. that's how her life was saved just a yeah. cool, yeah. like you can't even make it up. Hollywood cannot make up stories like, you know, about women like Irina. I mean, real life is so much better yes. than, than what you see in the movies. Absolutely. No, I love, I loved her story. And um, one thing that you had kind of touched on is she did keep a notes or, or records yeah. of the children that she was placing in the homes. And then she would write them on cigarette papers and then put them in jars and bury the jars in like a neighbor's yard um, as kind of like the vault of record um, for all of these children that she was placing. And I think the number, they don't really know how many kids right. she herself um you know, uh, placed, but it's somewhere in between, I think 400 and just, as you said, 2,500 kids and who knows how many she was personally responsible for, you know, taking out physically. But I mean, she was definitely involved in just countless children being saved from the Holocaust. I mean, it's, it's moving her story. It's so beautiful. And an added element that I thought was very interesting was that, um, as she was placing these children into Christian homes, but also into convents and Catholic orphanages. I mean, she had a network of people who were accepting these children. The children were catechized, not in a, not in an overtly like evangelistic way. Like they weren't trying to convert these Jewish children. They were trying to save them, but the way that they saved them was they taught them the faith and the prayers because they wanted them to be just as you said earlier like credible like if the nazis had a hunch that this was a jewish child they wanted this jewish child to know catholic prayers so that you know that the suspicion would be you know obsolete they they would no longer suspect that this child was saved right that that i read that also that they would you know know like the our father or just certain prayers yeah off the off the you know top of their head yes. so that it wasn't like they were having to sit there and think and recall, you know, the words like they, they were really comfortable in kind of the Catholic Christian traditions. Um, yeah. wow. Well, I, I love that. So we both have the same one. <laughs> I knew we would have uh. at least one of the same. Now is our whole list going to be the same? I don't know. Bum, bum, bum. You go next. Next. <laughs> next. Um, <laughs> oh, I do want to say one more thing about um, her. And I loved this quote from her. Someone asked her, um, and it's we're recording this on the feast day of John Paul II. So we Yay! should say that. Oh, that's for sure. Say John Paul II, pray for us. But he wrote her a, a personal thank you note for her work that she had done. And like, I think the year before she died, um, someone was interviewing her just about the, I mean, just the, the grand scope of her, of her mission and all of the wonderful things that she did. And she said, very simply, I was brought up to believe that a person must be rescued when drowning, regardless of religion and nationality. I mean, that's what we need to teach our kids. Oh, like, it like brings tears to my eyes. Yeah. Like, we just help people because they are people. Right. It doesn't matter wh- who, you know, where they come from, what they look like. When, when you see a person drowning, you don't ask questions. Right. You, know, you just do the thing. Right. And I just, I loved that. I loved that quotation. Well, that was such a novel idea too at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, right now you and I having that conversation seems like common sense um, mm-hmm. or, or maybe that's just kind of 
who we are. But, but at the time that was really, really brave and really, um, like us, you know, like we said, she, she was sentenced to execution. I mean, she, Mm -hmm. she risked her life and, and could have died very easily, you know, had, had circumstances not changed just in the slightest bit. So she, she literally laid down her life to save, um, people she didn't know, children she did not even know. So she's, she's, I, I think she's a saint. I think I would love to see a cause for her canonization. I have read a couple of things about her life that may make it tricky because I think she's been divorced twice. Oh. Um, uh, So she's got, I mean, she's a human being. Right. Right. Like there there are things about her that we don't necessarily get in the, 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 you know, the, um, the history of the saints. Like we don't necessarily see all of the dark spots. We see the highlights. Um, But because she is so proximate to us just historically, and she wasn't, you know, I mean, she was a person living in the world. I'm sure there are going to be some, some sticky points. And that was just one thing that I read. And I was like, man, I wish (laughs) it was an easier thing to canonize. No, I don't wish it were easier. But, um, but yeah, like I would love to see her heralded. And I hope that this movie again does that. So moving on to the next Catholic click, we could not miss that the Pope cheered for the Saints last weekend. No, really? Did you see no, that? I didn't. <laughs> no, no, not really. But yes, he did in this sense. So the the Pope's Twitter account um, put out a tweet um, for the. It was for the um, canonization of uh, John Henry Newman and the other four women who were canonized alongside of him. Um, and he, the tweet said, today we give thanks. And this is a quote that comes directly from the homily, I believe. But he said, t- the tweet specifically said, today we give thanks to the Lord for our new hashtag saints. And then it had the fleur de like, like the saints. Oh, bless it. Tw- Twitter handle or, or hashtag. It said, uh, they walked by faith and now we invoke their intercession. And every, I mean, Twitter almost broke. That is you know, amazing. You, one of the tweets that came out after that was like, the entire state of Louisiana is quaking right now <laughs> with a shout out from the Pope. And and I, I relate to this because like whenever the Saints play, like that's that's our that's our family team. We're from Louisiana. My brothers and my dad are always who dadding and you know sending out all of the family text stream about the 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 Saints. And so when the Pope did that, I mean, even my brother who is not practicing the faith anymore was like, Well, we just got a shout out from the Pope, so that's pretty good. <laughs> I think it's meant to be the Holy Spirit's on our side. <laughs> yep. And the the Saints won. I mean, I think uh, oh, Drew Brees was out with an injury. And so there was some question about, you know, wh- whether they would, you know, stand a chance against the um, Jaguars. But I want to say Jaguar. <laughs> Don't you want to say, say Jaguar? Say, no, I want to say Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar. <laughs> My dad got a Jaguar one time and, and we, that's what we called it. <laughs> Dad's driving the Jaguar today. <laughs> I like the commercials. Then they say Jaguar, Jaguar. So I want to say, yeah. So anyway, the Saints beat the Jaguars thirteen to six. Yay! And it may have been from some sort of saintly intercession. <laughs> it was divine intervention. Thank you, Papa yeah. Francis. But I love when faith and culture intersect like that because you know there were people who were reading a, po- a-, a tweet by the Pope because of that hashtag who would never have read a tweet from anything Catholic in their entire life. I probably didn't know that the Pope has Twitter. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty modern thing. Um, yeah. And for the Pope to have Twitter, I mean, that's, obviously, I don't think he's sitting there tweeting himself, but he no, has a Twitter no. account and he has. He has a press office. Yeah, he's got he's a. He's not Donald Trump. No. 
<laughs> breaking Twitter on its own. <laughs> but even but even that little tweet gave some basic Catholic catechesis and that we invoke their intercession. Yeah. Right? Like it gave just a little taste of of how we live our faith, that we're asking these people as our friends to plead for us, to pray for us, to be on our side. And I mean, there might be people who read that and who are like, huh, what does intercession mean? Huh, I'm going to look at this. Like, I love stuff like that. Yeah. It's just little seeds that are planted. And I thought it was sweet and beautiful. And oh, and thank goodness yeah. they won. Yeah, <laughs> it would not have been as good of a story, and I probably would not have talked about it on this podcast. <laughs> and they lost. <laughs> so speaking of the Vatican being very technologically forward, have you seen mm-hmm. their smart rosary bracelet? I saw, I mean, I did not do much research about it, but I did see like a, a news report about it. Tell me, like, let's talk I, I need about to know this. more about it. Yeah. Um, at first I thought it was a joke. I'm like, surely, surely there's <laughs> exactly. not a smart rosary bracelet, but it's like. Is this an Eye of the Tiber article? It is totally Vatican um, endorsed and blah, blah, blah. They quickly realized that there's a way for people to, way for it to be hacked. It was very easily hackable, but they put oh. out a release that it's already been fixed. So okay. the technology's already been updated on it, but it activates when you. How do you hack you, a rosary? It activates when you make the sign of the cross. With the hand that the rosary is yeah. on? Yeah. Because well, yeah. it's a bracelet? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I yes, I do think. I do think it does it be. have a camera? I mean, well, I but know. listen, it does. It's kind of like a Fitbit, I think, because it tracks your health mm-hmm. data and things like that. Yeah. So it's it's oh, sort of cool. multi multi um, purpose. Oh. But yeah, it's a it's a rosary bracelet. It takes you through the rosary. Um, it's not available in the U.S. yet. I got to oh. get my hands on one. Um, I think right now it's just like in in Europe, parts of Europe. Um, but it seems it seems like a Christmas item that might have to be on the yeah, the, especially like for for kids or teenagers because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool. It's got you know sort cool. of black chunky uh, beads yeah. with with sort of a um, obviously a cross, but it's not um, dainty, so it's very uh, right. unisex. But anyways, that's my, that was my next one. I thought you go Vatican. You're not you not joking. That, that is kind of <laughs> cool. You, That's kind of fun. Do you think the Vatican has like a technology department where they're going to try and roll out? Um, because I thought it was kind of crazy when I first got an app for a rosary. Yes. I yes. mean, that was sort of like, oh, okay, well, I guess somebody yeah. else is going to, somebody I don't even know is going to leave me in a rosary on my cell phone. Yeah. Um, but I've come to really love it and rely on it. And I, I tur- just turn it on kind of in the car just to, more than anything, to keep track of the beads for me mm-hmm. um, when I'm in traffic or when I'm on an airplane and I, all I can think about is the turbulence, I can say the rosary because it's, mm-hmm. it's in my ear and my headphones. Um, so I wonder if it's going to be something that at first I sort of scorn at a little bit, like, are you kidding me? A bracelet mm-hmm. that's, you know, activates when you make the sign of the cross, but then I'll get it and be like, what did I do without this? What did I do without this bracelet? <laughs> it's my life. Do you remember, do you remember when we used to talk about, I think it was, I think it was Elizabeth Hara who would make the joke about wouldn't it be awesome if we had drive-through confessionals, oh. you know, and you could be like, I did a one and a three and a four. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what? I mean, I know that we can't do, we can't do confession over like over the telephone or things like that, but I wonder if they're going to like figure out a way to, to make confession even more accessible. <gasps> did you see, this is not on my list, but kind of along these lines. Um, so a priest that we are 
good, good friends with here in Nashville, Father G, <laughs> he um, posted something, I guess a couple weeks ago, of a picture of a priest who was on a campus in a golf cart, and it was yes. like a traveling confessional. Yes, yes. yes. Oh. So he was asking people in town if they had a golf cart that he could borrow from <laughs> Vanderbilt and Belmont. <laughs> That's awesome. What a good idea. I know. I mean, I, I would know. totally, I could have used that in college. Yeah. Just any way to make, I mean, I have confession on the mind, which probably means I need to go to confession, but um, any way to make confession more accessible, I think is just genius, especially for young people. You know, I mean, it's it's hard enough for us fuddy-duddies to get to a confessional. Um, Speak for yourself, having... fuddy-duddy. <laughs> <laughs> me, fuddy-duddy. I'm very cool. <laughs> you are very cool. Just ask cool. me. <laughs> But, you know, just finding ways and times and places where um, confession especially is more accessible, I think would be really beautiful. And I think anytime you see a priest in a golf cart on, on a college campus is kind of a just, it, again, it's, it's bringing the faith into the culture. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind yeah. of a fun thing anyways. Yeah, it is fun. And especially if they're wearing a cassock oh, and it's for like sure. blowing. For sure. I mean, I mean, there's just... <laughs> There's just an aesthetic there that I enjoy. There totally is. There totally is. All right, you're next. I guess so. Okay. Even so, th- even I though you the- just the Holy Spirit just gave you a cheat one of the priest in in the golf cart. Okay, so this is another one that's not on my list, but I'm going to say it anyway because it it goes it flows very well from the rosary um the the what what, what do we call it? Uh, the what, rosary what bracelet. The rosary bracelet. I think but is it something like I rosary or something? E rosary. E rosary. Yes. Thank you. Thank like you. Like e cigarettes. Okay. E rosary. <laughs> so just, I mean, I want to say two or three days prior to that um, being kind of like talked about in all of the the Catholic news circles, um, there was another article that I think Brooke Glover sent me about the shoes. And you sent it to yes. Holy about water in the, the shoes. shoes. <laughs> They're not, like Nike, I think. What is up with that? Well, okay. So the backstory here is that Nike um, marketed these holy shoes where they had holy water. And I'm putting holy water in quotation marks. Nobody can see my air quotes here. But like, I see that Holy water in like where you would have like, you know, gels in your, in your the soul. And yeah, it has holy water in the soul. And, and they sold out like lickety split. Like people loved it. And, how much did they go for? Like $1,500? Like they Something were super crazy. expensive shoes. Yeah. Except it's a sacrilege. Uh, that's what I thought. You can't sell holy objects. No, that's simony or simony or however you want to say it. Like- <laughs> Would you like me to weigh on how you say it? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to. Well, when we had Matt Glover on, we talked about this. Right. You know, when we were talking about sacramentals, like once you are in the business of selling the holy thing, you're, you're, you're kind of taking away the holy factor. You can't sell holy water. You can't sell like a, a blessed rosary. And, you know, you're not selling the blessing. That's not possible. And, and in fact, it's sacrilegious. So, okay, step one, A, who was the priest that thought this was a good idea and lended his priestly blessing to this whole operation? Is he even a Catholic priest well, or is he some dude? Let's back with up. With a collar. Let's back up. So <laughs> back the train That up. means that there actually was a priest or a mm-hmm. somebody who has the authority to, allegedly has the authority to bless water that gave it to Nike to put in these so shoes? So the article that I read 
and you know the 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 the, the, the validity of the facts could be a little could be a little um blurry said that there was a priest i believe of the diocese in, in the bronx who did the blessing of the water what for the shoes for nike to sell for you know a, a hefty penny i don't believe that i just don't believe. was that it's a nike article I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> that is crazy. But it doesn't matter because if they're if they're if they are saying that they are selling holy water shoes, then that in and of itself is a sacrilege. You're taking a holy thing and you're selling it. Yes. Super bad. Super bad. Don't do that. Don't buy those. Nike, so the e, you know better. So the e-rosaries are just being sold like a normal rosary. They're not blessed, y'all. Correct. That's that's not what's happening. Correct. That, that's like buying a Buying a rosary, buying any sort of like jewelry that's, yeah, you know. Yeah. Now, what we, what we can do is we can buy something and then have it blessed. Yes. You know, like you can yeah. buy a rosary and have a priest or I have one. I was just texting with a friend earlier today because today's the feast of John Paul II. I have a rosary that was blessed by JP2 from <gasps> um, way back when um, uh, a friend who was a Secret Service agent was on um, a presidential detail and had it blessed for me while he was there. Um, which is super, super cool. But you can't, yeah. you can't have something blessed and then buy it and give it as a yes. gift. So that, exactly. that's, where the, that's where the differentiation is. The blessing has to come after the buying. Blessing good, buying blessing bad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, and again, we talked about this a little bit with Matt Glover on sacraments and sacramentals. I mean, I have a penchant for going to like antique stores and buying sacred objects like statuary or rosaries or you know little things in fact I just bought one that is precious I'm gonna have to take a picture of it and show everybody it's this little like um statue wooden carved statue of the blessed mother and she has like a little grotto that closes in on her it's like Danish almost it's like this little it's so cute anyway I just bought it a couple weeks ago at just you know a secular antique store here in Nashville but the key is that you have it blessed afterwards yes definitely have it blessed afterwards and I would say that for any sacred object if you're buying it on ebay or you're buying it at a at an antique store or a flea market or wherever it's probably a good idea to have that thing blessed but you don't know from whence it came <laughs> or for true. what purpose it was used and so you want to you know uh, you want to make sure that everything's on the up and up and have that have that thing blessed you're so smart i agree what she said okay i'm going <laughs> back to movies um did you see did you read about the movie called love and mercy that's coming out october 28th about no. Saint, what is this? It's about St. Faustina's life. It's going to be in theaters <gasps> oh, for yeah. one day only. Which, why one day? I'm not sure. But we need yeah. to all rush and, and, and watch it. I have to look and see if it's going to be running here in Nashville. That seems like something I would want to see. And apparently there's, um, the, you know, the producers of the movie say there's, there's, you know, bits of information that are not necessarily mm -hmm. known, you know, widely known. So it's not like, mm -hmm. for those of us who know St. Faustina's story, who um, Jesus appeared to her. Or and, have read her diary. Right, yeah. right. And, and given her the, you know, and, and Jesus gave her the, um, the commands um, to, to create or have it commissioned the divine mercy image of Jesus. And mm -hmm. um, apparently there's, there's some information in the movie that is not necessarily widely known. Um, Ooh. ah, so I'm kind of 
very interested to see it. Of course, I think I'm traveling on the 28th, so it's going to be. Oh, man. I know. Well, surely it's going to come out like on a video or something. I'm sure it will, but I like to support these, you know, movies in in the theater. Yeah. For wider engagement. Yes. Because there really would it be wider engagement. I feel like there'd be wider engagement by just releasing it in a video. But yes, support the movie theater for allowing a beautiful Catholic movie to have a showing. That's important. Absolutely. I thought we were heavy, so heavy on movies, heavy on entertainment today. Yeah. Heavy on Okay. So I will move into something that's not necessarily movie, but it's definitely something that you can watch. And I have been for several weeks now. Um, do you subscribe or do you go to the ThemisticInstitute.org? No. But tell so us more. the Thomistic Institute is um, is a is a, a, a is it an organization I guess because it's dot org it is an organization but it's in <laughs> DC <laughs> it's in DC I don't know if it's associated with um, the Catholic University but it's run by um, the Dominican Order um, and they're all about. Uh, just kind of perpetuating uh, the the teachings of St. Thomas Aquinas, hence Thomistic, right? And they just came out with an Aquinas 101 video course that I am loving like it's candy. Really? So twice a week. Yeah. So you you subscribe. It's totally free. You subscribe online at uh, ThomisticInstitute.org. And there's like a little drop down for Aquinas 101. And it's video courses and very short consumable readings that give you a primer on uh, St. Thomas Aquinas's teaching, basically the Summa. And um, it's fantastic. The videos thus far have been very, very good, um, well-produced good quality um a lot of the priests are, are young and you know are younger and and engaging and it's just it's a it's a fun introduction to thomas aquinas if you don't have one but if you love thomas aquinas and you just like want more it's a great opportunity for that too because it's kind of like you know how the, there's the saying that scripture is is a a body that can either that in, in which babies can wade or elephants can drown. I feel like that's <laughs> I feel like that's like Thomas Aquinas's teachings too. Like it's simplistic enough, or at least some of the ideas, especially if you get you know not not a dumbed down version, but if you're just if you're just looking for the basics of Aquinas. Anybody can appreciate it, yeah. right? But then there's plenty of stuff that you can just drown in, and I think that they're doing a good a good job of um, balancing those things. Anyway, ThomisticInstitute.org. It's a good Catholic click. You get two emails a week for Aquinas 101. So let me ask you this: If it's already mm-hmm. started, are you kind of too mm-hmm. late, or does it does it start when you sign up? That is a very good question that I, I mean, I signed up the very first day it was available to sign up. So I'm not sure. Um, I was on my, <laughs> I was on my computer as soon as they let me sign up for it. And I sent it out to my children. I was like, you want it, you want this. You definitely want this. So, but I don't know. I can, I would imagine that as soon as you sign up, you start getting the, the auto rollout. Like gotcha. you're not necessarily jumping in where everybody else is, but I don't know that for sure. I, I that might be completely false I'll, fake news. I'll try it and I will, um. Let everyone know how it goes. Let me know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about Halloween? You want to talk about some yeah, Halloween? Because it's coming, coming up. It's coming. It's coming up and um, it's Catholic. It's got Catholic yeah, it roots. Is. I don't think people know that. I think yeah. more people think it's kind of um, associated with the demonic than with yeah. the holy. Yeah. Well, because there is, there is a focus on the demonic, right? right. There's a focus 
on our on our on how we treat evil and how we treat um things that are supernatural i mean that but i think there's a misunderstanding that it's about the demonic you know it's actually about fighting the demons right, right? yeah right. and that, and, I, and I, that's a lot that's been lost like yeah oh totally lost like we i mean we had a short little stint in our childhood um actually i was i was post um halloween trick or treating age but like my younger siblings like for a couple of years that we didn't i mean we were living in Huntsville Alabama in the bible belt and lots of people were not you know of the mind to engage in Halloween and so you know we just didn't or or we would do like saint all saints day parties and so my brothers would dress up as saints and they would do like the all saints day party the day after Halloween um but they just didn't do Halloween or they had to wear their you know saint george or whatever costume to go trick or treating which we did but, we did it and that there's there's been a big call I think to kind of go back to that for I, I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of priests um posting on Facebook Really suggesting or recommending that, you know, your kids pick a, their favorite saint to dress yeah. up as for Halloween to sort of bring it back to its Catholic roots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Word on Fire Catholic Ministries that is run by the amazing Bishop Barron. Um, he had an article on on Facebook. Well, this was in 2013 um, about Halloween, but he I feel like it's shared over here because I just recently saw it, but it's. It's, you know, talk, he's talking about the roots of Catholicism. So that's a really interesting, um, really interesting read. And for some reason, it's not coming up on my, my iPad at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Catholic. And, and because All Hallows Eve is when we, yes, is the yes. Eve before we celebrate All Saints Day. So we're, mm-hmm, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're preparing you know, we, we always have vigil masses for any feast day. And so this is kind of like the yeah. vigil for mm-hmm. All Saints Day um, mm-hmm. and not necessarily the dark side of the light side that we celebrate. Does that make sense? And yeah. And I mean, again, this could be wrong and Bishop Barron might be correcting me and I'm happy to be corrected. At all times, I am happy to be corrected in this in these things. But from my understanding, like All Hallows Eve was in anticipation, obviously, of all saints day and that that there was this idea that and i think it's true if we believe in spiritual warfare that that makes the devil pretty mad you know that we are celebrating the the victory of the church militant into the church triumphant you know these people are our saints they have won the race they have you know fought the good fight and and we celebrate that on all saints day and that doesn't you know that doesn't jive really well with the demonic you know we they we the, the, the evil one wants to entice us to this world um, and therefore ensnare us uh, for eternity, right? And so some of the ways that he does that is by scaring us, right? And so the idea that we would dress up on, on All Hallows' Eve was, I think, an idea that, that was born from we fight back. Mm-hmm. You know, we dress up and we scare you. Like we're not, we're not afraid of you, devil. We're not afraid of your, of your trappings. We're not afraid of, you know, these things that you were throwing at us because we know because of what tomorrow is, what the promise is for eternity. 
you know, we, we know that this is a fight. We know that this is um, a battleground and we're up for it. You know, we're ready. And our th- that costuming idea was just kind of uh, the tit for tat. Not that we should be engaging, you know, evil spirits at any time. But like, it's just, it was a way for children to feel, you know, like we're not scared. You know, right. we're, we're, we're in it. We're, you know, and we're going to get some candy. <laughs> we're gonna get, well, in this... Um... And this article, I actually found it, so it is on wordonfire.org. But um, in this article, it, it says, you know, we, the Catholic Halloween, we place the realities within the context of Christ's victory over sin, death, and the devil. Yes. And, and what, we, what we see today in Halloween is, is a very secularized version. It is not, yeah. it's not the original, uh, the original Halloween, if you, if you will. Well, and so much of our costumes celebrate the demonic and yeah. celebrate the 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 um, macabre and the gore and and all of those things um and that's that's unfortunate because i don't think i don't think we necessarily have to dress up as saints to be you know right. properly observing the the halloween holiday i think that it's fine too and my children have definitely done that and you know in my childhood i definitely did that but i mean you can dress up as a superhero yeah you can dress up as you know a tiger it's fine <laughs> A pumpkin. <laughs> you can be a cute little pumpkin or an elephant. That's right. That's right. So speaking of, what are your children going as? Because you have a little oh, one still. I do. We're we're fluctuating between. Um, so we have several costumes in the Jaeger costume closet, and I have. I mean. Uh, I won't say I don't buy new costumes because I do buy new costumes, but costumes are kind of like a year round thing. <laughs> so I feel like we don't necessarily have to go out and buy a Halloween costume. Just choose from the, the, the costume closet. So right now we've been kind of toggling between Spider-Man and a tiger. So when I said tiger, I actually that's I have tiger on the brain. <laughs> uh, we're missing one of the mitts, so that might be Ooh, a deal a breaker. Catch the, <laughs> he might need a paw. But um, but tiger and and Spider Man have been top of the list. We still do dragon a lot, but he was dragon uh, last year, and his his older brother, the one just older than him. Uh, dressed up as dragon fire he got one of those body suits you know those those, like whole body that cover your face and it was a red one and then he made like a flame hat and so um the 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 three-year-old was a dragon and his older brother was dragon fire actually no that was year before last last year (laughs) last year samuel was a knight and evan was his noble steed so there's a theme going on there i don't know what yeah. I like that. This year, I have one kid that's going to be Tony Stark who wants Samuel to be Spider-Man because that makes sense in that, <laughs> in that context. So and that's awesome. Yeah. So everyone's jockeying for what his costume is because it makes or breaks their costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What are your kids doing? <clears throat> well, my older two, I don't believe her. They haven't dressed up in quite a while because... Um, you know, teenage girls, whatever. I know. But I know. my little one is still very much into it. I say little, she's in fifth grade, but she yeah. definitely loves to dress up. And just like you, when you've got older siblings, I'm like, you can be a bee, you can be a butterfly, you can be Princess <laughs> Leia, you can, I mean, there's so many, you can be a Southern Belle, you can be a, a ancient queen, like we've got so many costumes, but um, she just, she's kind of like, oh, I need to go find a costume. And I'm like, well, you just got a very brand new Harry Potter, like yeah. costume at Universal Studios. Like I thought we, that was kind of going to be a your, good idea. you know, your thing. Um, 
So she hasn't really decided, but you know who does not have a costume but loves to dress up is my husband. And no. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. So, I didn't know that he likes to dress up. He, the Yeah. Mm-hmm. He did not last year. I think because it was so hot here. You know, it's still kind of warm. Yeah. Um, it's hit or miss in Arizona on Halloween. But mm-hmm. in Colorado, um, a couple years ago, he was a stormtrooper. But he went out yeah. and rented this costume. And it had this, like, the, <laughs> the voices. I mean, it could be used on a TV set. And he would stand in our patio. And when, like, <laughs> people we know, when they would walk up they would kind of look at him just thinking it was a decoration. And then he would like <laughs> roar at him. <laughs> he was responsible for a lot of misfortune that night. Um, but then the next year he went out and bought a, um, I think we own this one actually. He went out and bought a gnome costume where like the gnome is between his legs and it looks like he's on the shoulders. <laughs> and so his legs are the gnome's legs, but he's got a head like kind of coming out between his legs and have like fake legs hanging over the shoulders. So when he went and bought it, he came home and put it on, and I was not home. And he put our youngest daughter on his shoulder, so it was like a three top, <laughs> like a total, and was kind of like walking in the driveway, kind of you know snake doing the snake and stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we are the we are those people. So you are those people, yeah. So we'll see if he. Do you dress up? Um, no, no, yeah. I don't. I have a headband, um, that's very. You know, it looks like a spider web and has kind of a spider oh. on it. So I just stick that on with like. It's like a fascinator. But yes. Yes. It's actually oh. really cute. Ooh, really that cute. cute. I'll, have to, I'll cute. have to send you a picture. Um, and just a black turtleneck. Yeah. And I'm I ready. don't dress up either, but I've always attributed it to being in theater for so long that dressing up was my job that, I don't know, there's just not the magic for it. Maybe maybe if I tried, I could rekindle the love of dressing up. When we were little, we would have themes, like family themes. I was um, about to say one, that. Yeah. We had, I mean, Wizard of Oz one year was so epic that we had a tent set up on our front yard that was the witch's castle. And my grandmother sat in the, t- my grandmother uh-uh. sat in the tent as the witch. <laughs> and she had a big cauldron and she would cackle. And Oh my I mean, gosh. I know. <laughs> Where did so y'all live fun. at this time? What year? In was- New Orleans. Oh. We lived in New Orleans. And, um, yeah, my siblings were like, you know, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow and the Lion, and I was Dorothy. <laughs> and then there were only four of us at that time, so it worked out just fine. There was enough. But we had like one of my aunts was the monkey, like a flying monkey, and she was like she looked scary like a monkey. And then um, I think my I think it was my mom was maybe the Wicked Witch, one of the Wicked Witches, because you know there's the East and the West. And then um, and then one of my other aunts I believe was Glinda. Um, that is awesome. So wait a minute. It was was your extended family. Oh, yes. Because it was a cast. You needed the full cast. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. I have never, um, yeah, my, I've never dressed up with my family. Yeah. It's fun. That was fun. I think, I think that if I had people who were amenable to it and who were excited about it, I could get into it. But you know, when push comes to shove at the end, I have one kid who doesn't actually enjoy dressing up. And so he only would like decide at the very last minute what he wants. Like I remember driving home from my parents' house from Bentonville, Arkansas to Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. So about three and a half hours from the, from the time we left Bentonville, he wasn't going to go trick-or-treating he didn't have a costume and by the time we got home he was like okay I want to be Luke Skywalker so we like scrambled I mean fortunately we've got plenty of lightsabers <laughs> <laughs> and white t-shirts and belts in our home so we can always make that work but yeah um if I had people who were really into it I would do it but 
you don't want to it's not fun if they're not having fun Get exactly. in this costume, boy. <laughs> you will have fun. This is mandatory. Mama fun. is Dorothy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, happy, happy early Halloween. It's coming up. Happy early Halloween, indeed. I don't know. I have a couple of other things to talk about, but I don't know where to stop because we are, I mean, we've been, ch- we could do that. Seriously. Give us Catholic one more. Clicks. Give us one Catholic more. Catholic clicks could go on forever and ever and ever. Okay. I want to talk about, okay, I do want to talk about this. It's going to be, I don't want to get weedy about it, but would you say that you are pro throwing statues in the Tiber or against <laughs> throwing statues in the Tiber. <laughs> I, this is one of those things where I feel like I'm sort of sitting on the sidelines like a spectator with really no dog in the fight. The, this, the, what's going on right now, um, the Amazonian synod, is it synod, synod? I think people say synod. Synod. People can say synod. I've heard people say synod. I know that that's not right, but I know that they say it. I think synod is proper. I will annihilate the English language at every (laughs) turn. So um, it seems like there's been a lot of drama. Um, I'm trying to stay neutral. I'm trying to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. But the whole, what were they, fertility statues? Well, I mean, that's, that, that is one of, that, that's the one, theory. that's a side that, that is, that is, that is a side definitely heralded by like Taylor Marshall and, you know, that, that sort of more right leaning sect of Catholicism. Right. They definitely think it's fertility statues. They definitely think it is. And I think infiltration is the name of the book, even that, that suggests that the Catholic church has been infiltrated and this, these pagan fertility, you know, statues are proof that mm-hmm. the Pope was there. He saw it and, you know, look at what has come of us. The other side of it is a more, you know, cultural approach. And actually, there was a, a guy, um, I think his his um, website is Where Peter Is. I don't know if he's, you know, an Orthodox Catholic, but I thought he did a very good job of giving, like, the other side of the story. Like, these are reasons why we could believe that they might actually be cultural expressions of the Blessed Mother. Um, which is one, which is kind of the other opinion is that the statue was, or there are two statues, actually, there's a kind of a larger and a smaller two women who were both pregnant. And I think they were like facing each right. other on a blanket right. in the garden for the ceremony. <laughs> it's a the little weird. We even, it's a little weird. <laughs> and, and it's weird to us, especially here in the, in, in, you the know, West. in the West. Yeah. I mean, I guess is, is South America the West? Though? I don't know. Like it's the South it's below the equator i don't know i don't want to say the west and be wrong and you know have like wrong cultural appropriation stuff well i'm saying for for me in the west it's weird to me yes maybe that's it is because it's not part of our experience i mean it's kind of like liturgical dance for us like i have zero problem with you know liturgical dance and cultures where that is normal but you know you bring you know some liturgical dance into you know Franklin, Tennessee, <laughs> and it, it looks a little, it looks a little out of place. Right. Like it's not part of our culture. And so it seems forced, you know, again, it feels a little bit like cultural appropriation even, but this is a pan Amazonian synod. These are people, these are people, indigenous people. And, you know, it could be that this sort of statuary is normal for them. And and there could be some measure of enculturation or syncretism. I think that's how you pronounce the word where you're taking 
for, for better or worse, you're taking cultures and you're combining them in ways that make sense and are hopefully not sacrilegious, right? Um, but I don't know. I don't know. But the, the, so I'm bringing this up because just like yesterday, was it yesterday or day before yesterday, a couple of guys went into the church where these statues had been taken after like a procession and sat there, I guess, for the duration of the synod. I'm not really sure. And they stole them <laughs> and they threw them in the Tiber. Like, yes. And now we're they, winning. And then they like uploaded the video of themselves anonymously, <laughs> which is real brave. But. <laughs> It's like from the so waist no down, you just see them like holding their heads. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you know, I read, I read something that equated it to, and so funny, kind of hearkening back to our last podcast with Jimmy Mitchell, when we were talking about St. Boniface cutting down Thor's oak, like there's a little bit of that, right? Like yeah. if they really thought yeah. this was pagan infiltration, they took the, the, the symbol of paganism and they, you know, did away with it. Is it, is it of St. Boniface's, you know, <laughs> ilk? You know, is it after his heart? I don't know. But it was super funny. Just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Did you think it was funny? I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. I um, was talking to a priest friend on the phone and he was asking me if I saw it. And we just both started cracking up because it's like <laughs> the the fertility statues got thrown in the <laughs> river. I mean, it's like a kind of chaos, you know, is breaking out. And I said, what well, is going on? And he's like, I don't even know. <laughs> but I do understand these people. And I want to say this. I, I want to close, unless you have one more. I want to, this, oh no, I'm actually going to say this is my last little bit. You say your last one. Did you have one last one? Yeah. But I'm totally taking it off topic. Yeah. Okay. Dude. Are you cool with that? I'm going to circle it back. I'm going to circle oh, it back. Oh, I love it. So when you were talking <laughs> about Bentonville, it, it made me remember an article that I read this week that I have I'm just fascinated by, and it's something I have kind of had in this vision, but I've never been able to like, um, to articulate it in a way that like could make this happen. But anyways, have you ever heard of an agri hood? Oh, okay. Is it about farming? Well, you're so, you're so smart. Um, yes, it is a I little bit. I know Latin. So there's neighborhoods well. and neighborhood and an agri hood. And in Bentonville, Mm-hmm. So there's there's eight in the country, and it's kind of a new trend. There's eight in the U.S., and Bentonville just kind of launched their first launched one. I think they're, like, number eight. And what it is is, you know how, like, in Arizona and in Colorado, like, old ranches and, yeah. and orange groves are being bought, and then they're just mm-hmm. being clear-cutted and turned into neighborhoods. Yeah. So what they're doing in these agri-hoods is they're buying farms, but then they're building communities and incorporating the farm. And so mm-hmm. they're doing like community farming. So like you're here in Arizona, our HOA pays for the, the landscaping kind of around the entrance right. of our neighborhood. Well, their HOA pays for farmers, community farmers, oh. and they have these community dinners and you can volunteer on the farm and, um, you know, receive some of the, some of the produce or you get first dibs of the produce. Like a CSA. Yeah. How cool is that? They have apartments and condos and they've got like bees and chickens and and this really but it's called red barn bentonville oh i love this is that not the neatest thing i just think this concept is so fascinating i've been really intrigued and i'm like telling everybody (laughs) i can't like on sunday we were at a friend's house and we were talking about farms and they had this couple had a you know just a tough week and they're like i just want to buy farm and you know and i'm like 
have you yeah. have you ever heard of an agri hood? <laughs> They're like, no. <laughs> but the husband's in construction. I was like, this would be perfect. <laughs> but isn't that just a neat concept? Yes. I'd love to see that, you know, take off. Just, um, I hate seeing old farms and things like that being clear-cutted. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the conservative conservation mm-hmm. in me really, really hates that, even though I appreciate mm-hmm. progress and, you know, and, and our population's growing and we need housing. But sure. I'd love to be able to, like, um, really uh, um, protect, to some degree, yeah. some of these, some of these, you know, pieces of land and really use it to help build community and to help, um, you know, bring down cost of living and bring down cost of vegetables. And, and they do community dinners like monthly and they have a huge, like kind of fire pit where they do s'more like neighborhood s'more nights. And I mean, I'm just like, I'm moving to red and, (laughs) and not depend on the government to do this. Yeah. Right. Not make it incumbent upon the government to preserve and to protect and to provide like actually having communities, you know, come alongside each other and, and have this initiative is so beautiful. I love that. Okay. We're going to put this in our pocket and we're adding this to the list of things we need in the Catholic commune. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who's our farmer? Uh, it's going to be Brad. Gonna- I think it's going to be Brad. <laughs> Brad is the only nature, true nature person. <laughs> I mean, Brad's the guy. All right, this is Brad Ostrom. He's in our, he's in our Catholic commune, our cult. <laughs> it's not and- really a cult. No, well, it is, but it's a good kind of cult. Okay. It's a cult for Jesus. That's right. And, and we say, whenever we go like on vacation or whatever, we see a tree, we're like, oh, we like that tree. Take a picture of that and send it to Brad. <laughs> so he knows what that is. How old is it? What is it? What? <laughs> All the things. He was at our lake house one time and he, he was like, this is my favorite tree right here. And we're like, well, we're cutting it down because it's going to fall on the house eventually. He's like, oh, it's just a pine tree. <laughs> And the funniest thing is that his name is Bradford, and he hates Bradford pears. Hates them. <laughs> hates them. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks they stink. I don't think they stink. They're, but a oh lot no, of people do. Stink. I know. Oh, I, I don't smell it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe it's like cilantro. Like some people think it tastes like soap. Some people don't. Maybe some people can smell the stink of a of a Bradford, and some people don't. Yeah. I mean, I smell it, but I don't. It's not like a disgusting odor to me. But some people mm-hmm. are very have a vile reaction to it. Like ugh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last little bit now because you just said vile reaction, and it is the perfect segue to my last little bit. <laughs> so, <clears throat> back to throwing things in rivers. Um, I understand these people's hearts. Like, I get where they're coming from because, as anyone who knows me knows, I hate vomit. I hate, I hate it. I despise the stomach bug. It is my worst. Like, I would, if you gave me two, like, like objects one had been licked by someone with the stomach bug and one had been licked by someone with strep throat i would lick the strep throat thing <laughs> so, so many times over the stomach bug one so i hate the stomach bug um many years ago i'm a little bit implicating myself in this way but i want i just want to to say how i understand these people who throw who threw the statues in the river um, we were at a party and um, things were going great. We were at somebody's house and there was, you know, all of our friends, tons of children. And as we were walking out of the the party, I was handed a piece of pie because I'd not had a piece of the pie and I do enjoy pie. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
by Elizabeth, who makes the best pies. And she was like, oh, I saw you didn't get a piece of this pie. Here's some pie. You know, bye-bye. We're walking out. And my husband then was like, I am so proud of you. And I was like, well, thank you, but why? <laughs> and he was like, I mean, you just seemed real chill. And I was like, well, I mean, it was a backyard party. It was fun. He was like, I know, but I mean, you know, with all the talk of the vomit and everything, I mean, you just were totally cool and you, you didn't even make us leave early. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and so he, he proceeds to explain to me that the family that had brought the pies, children, had been vomiting pr- the night prior. <laughs> And I was like, I'm sorry, you, do you, th- this pie came from a house that had vomit? And he was like, yeah, but you were so cool. I mean, and I was like, I didn't hear that. No one told me that. That was not part of my information. And he was like, oh, yeah. I rolled down the window. I chucked that pie as far as I could into somebody's yard. And oh. we were driving through a neighborhood. I just chucked a pie into someone's yard because I couldn't stand it. It was visceral. So I'm believing in I, I want to have again giving everyone the benefit of the doubt here that these people who stole these objects and threw them in the Tiber just had a visceral reaction it maybe took a few days for them to figure out how they were going to do the checking (laughs) but like I get it I I kind of understand you got to get rid of it get it as far away and then the video they're kind of floating you like you see their noses like the the crown of their head like just floating in the river they didn't sink did they I think they're I think it's wood Maybe yeah. hollow wood or something. So they, it's not I even like we're they, just going to see if we're going to fish them out. Did they? Did they take them out? Are I don't they, know. I mean, surely they have by now. I mean, no one's sitting on the side of the banks of the river going, "Oh, look at that!" Just floated by. Yeah, <laughs> the fertility statue is going downstream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're a pie. I've never heard that story, you uh, pie chunker. I know. I couldn't help it. It really was, it was just automatic. I didn't think that much about it. It was totally visceral. Just, yeah. Out the window. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got rid of it. It disgusted me. <laughs> but the pie, I'm sure, tasted good. It always tastes good. I the birds loved it. <laughs> then they got sick. I couldn't eat it. <laughs> Well, this has been What's fun. your last little bit? That was my Do you have a last little bit? Red Barn Bentonville. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, because, yeah, it wasn't necessarily a Catholic click, but now it is. It was not a Catholic click. It was just a last little bit. Yeah, I love it. All right, it's fun. See you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful. Thank you.